Hey beautiful, this is your intuitive consultant and life coach, Ava Laura, with another edition of Ava Laura Heal My Life podcast. Listen in each week because I'm helping you to heal your life, heal your relationships, learn how to do meaningful work in the world, and make an impact that creates legacy. So go ahead and get your pen and paper, get your favorite drink, and listen in now. This episode of Avalora Heal My Life is sponsored by Canada's number one inspiration coach, Maureen Kaylee Verdonk, affectionately known as Coach Mo. She is the founder of Inspired Living Life Coaching, and Coach Mo is passionately helping women say yes to ourselves and experience more success and joy in our lives. Visit Coach Mo at www.mocaliverdunk.com. That's M-O-C-A-L-E-Y, Verdunk, V-E-R-D-O-N-K, mocaliverdunk.com and claim your free audio CD today. Greetings, beautiful ones. This is Ava Laura, your intuitive consultant and life coach here with another amazing episode of Ava Laura Heal My Life. Tune in each week to learn how to heal from whole to wholeness in your life, relationships, business, and career. And as always, I love to hear from you. So please go ahead and comment here on iTunes or Google Play. And now I'm on iHeartRadio. Yay! So you can comment and listen there as well and share it out with your friends and subscribe because we all know someone who needs healing. And if you don't know someone who needs healing, then more than likely that person is you. So I definitely would love to hear from you. And March is actually, other than being my birthday month, of course, is Women's History Month. So this month, I really wanted to focus on talking about topics regarding women and particularly, of course, women in healing. So I have an amazing guest for you all today, Lalata Gee, who is the founder of Black Women Heal Day. So she's going to be telling you more about that. But before she does that, let me just tell you a little bit about Lalata. She is a healer, a preacher, an author, and an international inspirational speaker. Drawing upon her own experience as a survivor of both childhood sexual abuse and domestic violence, she founded a nonprofit organization, Lalata's Living Room, that specializes in inspiring Black survivors of sexual abuse to reclaim their spirits, minds, and bodies. And via her Black Woman Heal Collective, she has sparked an international healing movement throughout the African diaspora that empowers Black women to create safe spaces for themselves and Black girls to heal. So you know y'all are in for a treat today. So please join me in welcoming Lalata Gee. Lalata, how are you today? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I am so happy that you're here. I've participated in Black Women Heal Day a few times now, and so I am truly 
um, a, a fan and a supporter of your mission. And so before we get into that, you know, I want to know from you, as you know, as your bio said that, you know, being a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and um, domestic violence, why is Black women healing, why is that so important for you? Well, it's so important to me because as I went on my own personal healing journey, I began to just look at my family and how the issues of sexual abuse and domestic violence had impacted my family. And I began to see this pattern generation after generation. And then with talking with so many black women, I have found that this is their story. And I just felt like it was important for us as black women to take control of what healing meant for us, what healing needs to look like for us, and the things that we need to do in creating the spaces in which we best heal. Mm. Yeah, that's really powerful because if anybody has been on a healing journey, I think one of the things that we discover is a lot of times it's not just healing yourself, but it really is generational healing. Yes. And one of the things that you said is so important is really um, understanding what healing looks like for us. So have you found that in particular, Black women, you know, when we, when we're embarking on this journey of healing, that it looks different for us? It does. And I, and I mean, wounding is wounding, right? Mm-hmm. But I think looking at the so many interfaces where Black women have, in which Black women have been wounded, that it's really important for us to be able to do it our way. So, I mean, from the sublime to the ridiculous, like for black women, you know, we may tend to have a certain level of volume when we're talking about things, you know, especially something that you're passionate about, you know, and if you go to a mainstream place, you know, if, if the white woman that is serving you is afraid of you because of your volume or your passion in which you speak, she is not going to be able to, enter into a healing journey with with you and Mm -hmm. one of the things that i found that is most important in asking hundreds of black women you know when they think of healing what is one word that comes to mind the trend that i saw is one of the biggest things is spirituality in Mm. terms of the words that black women shared and i kind of got all these words and kind of looked at them into basically three categories spirit mind and body and those are the three things that i really look at when i'm talking about black women healing and interestingly enough the lion's share of the words were spiritual and very few were with the body which i think is somewhat problematic in terms of the spiritual piece is really important and i think a lot of mainstream services are afraid to engage in spirituality or they may think of religion and that Mm -hmm. is something that when black women are talking about healing it involves our spirit so Mm -hmm. deeply and if you don't feel comfortable entering into that space with us, you're not going to be able to help us. And um, the other key thing that I have found with Black women is needing to be in Black women's space. Because yeah. we're in so many spaces every single day where we feel like we're being judged, we feel like we're being controlled, we feel like we're being, we're being handled in some way. But when you're in that Black space with women, you're, you, you lose the edge of, that you have that you have to move through the world with sometimes and Mm -hmm. even if you're in a room full of women that you don't know there's this immediate feeling of comfort and familiarity 
you know, amongst black women. And those are two things that I have found that are really, really key. You know, yeah, you, you are absolutely spot on. You know, what's so interesting, when I started this work, uh, let's see, over 12 years ago now, my first clients uh, back in 2005 were actually um, mostly white people and really white hippies at that because, truthfully, a lot of black folks were not talking about healing, right? Um, mm-hmm. They were like, I don't know what this, I don't, I don't do counseling and who life coaching, who, who's a life coach? And I'm right. definitely not doing this Reiki, woo-woo, alternative healing <laughs> stuff. Like, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Is that against my religion? I don't, you know. Right. All these, all these things would come up, but what's really interesting is now it has completely shifted where the majority of my clients are black women. And That's one of the great. first things that they say to me is that when they go to my website or when they see me on social media, or, you know, if they happen upon my podcast or whatever it is, they see this black face and they're like, oh, I'm going to her. Yeah. They are so excited to see a black woman doing this work because a lot of times if they've had any type of counseling, um, it hasn't been with a black woman. um, And they definitely don't want to do any type of energy healing or anything with somebody that's not black. But that's one of the first things they say. And then they read my bio. They see my head wrap and they're like, oh, and she went to Howard? Like, oh, yeah. Okay. This is my woman. (laughs) Yes. So you're absolutely right that that is so important because there are a lot of cultural differences. I mean, you're right. Being wounded is being wounded, but there's a lot of cultural differences. And if you feel like you sort of have to be defensive and defend yourself because another person doesn't understand your culture, that certainly is a barrier to the healing process. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. It is. And, you know, Nowadays, a lot of our social services agencies are ruled by this whole thought about cultural competence, mm-hmm. which I firmly believe is a concept that was created by white people in order for them to keep more of those jobs. Because mm-hmm. if I can say I'm culturally competent, then I don't need to hire anybody brown because I know. Now, mm-hmm. the irony is that most cultural competency trainings that I've ever seen is, is white people training white people to be culturally competent. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know how that works. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just don't know how that works. So so then you you're so you're dealing with people who are working in these agencies that come with their own levels of experience with black people or their biases from black people. And even when I've done training with white teaching staff, white educators, white social workers, etc., if I ask a room full of professional people who are working in diverse spaces, how many of you personally have a black woman as a friend? Mm-hmm. I will hear the humming of the coffee machine in the room because they don't. They don't they don't know black people. They don't know black women as a friend. And my, my report to them is that if you don't know what a healthy black woman looks like, how yeah. do you know then how to help her to get there? If all you know are broken, traumatized black women, how can you help them be healthy and whole? Because then it's going to be based on what you think I need to be like as a black woman and not what I think I need to be like as a black woman. Then I have a problem with that. You're absolutely right. And that is so powerful because 
then what you have is the blind leading the blind. Because right. as a black woman, if you're not whole, you don't know what wholeness looks like either. <laughs> right. And if you don't have the people around you, your friends, your family, you know, if they're not whole either, you have no idea what that looks like. So if the person leading you can't properly guide you, you, you know, you just, hey, <laughs> Blind right. leading blind, you don't know what to do. So, and and what's right. really interesting about that is that I get so many women who will come to me and say, "Well, Ava Laura, you know, I've done healing work, I've done counseling, you know, I've done yoga, I tried to meditate, I tried to do all of these things." And one of the things that I find is that it's not that they haven't attempted to do this work; it was just that the way that they attempted to do it was not best suited for them or they did not do enough. Yeah. So they didn't understand that because they were better off than they were before. Mm -hmm. But they didn't realize that they still have miles to go because like, well, I'm better. Well, yes, you are better, but you're still not where you want to be. And if nobody could tell you how to get there and see that, you know what, you're doing great. I'm so proud of you, but we still have more work to do. You're thinking you're great. You've done all your healing work and you're done. Well, the problem is, too, though, if they haven't gotten better, because then you're not necessarily, because we as black people aren't necessarily encouraged to challenge the system, if you will, not by the system or not, you know, at home, in our communities, you know, in our advocacy work, we are, but growing up within the system, we're not, we're not encouraged to challenge the system. So then if you're going to this white counselor, or you're in this white run program where you're trying to get your child some help there's never a question as to whether or not the program is effective it's mm-hmm. whether or not you are have you done the work you're not doing enough you're not dialing in enough and so then we start blaming the person that has come for healing instead of looking at the programs and the modes mm-hmm. that are being used to whether or not they're effective so then i feel like well i went here it didn't work healing's not for me it's not going to work and then I didn't right. give up on healing as a whole. That's very true. Very, very true. And if anybody knows my story, I mean, that's my background is in social work. And and that was one of the reasons that I left and did not go back is because instead of helping people to heal and to grow and to flourish and live their best lives, I was helping people to maintain their dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And that's not yeah. healing. You know, I'm not trying to just right. help you to minimum I want you to actually change and transform and be better and the system overall is not set up for that no it's not as a matter of fact I'm gonna go deep the system is as a matter of fact it's set up for us to continue to be broken to continue not to be well because the system social services you know all these programs and things like that they are in existence because of brokenness. So my brokenness means money for mainstream organizations. So there is no real motivation because if they continue to build the organization, build their retirement, and then build their house out in the suburbs, they don't feel like they have to worry about me if I'm not well. Yep. That, that is, that's the truth.com. I, <laughs> and, I, and I saw it firsthand over and over again. And what's so sad is that 
you do actually have people within the system who really do care, who are like me, who really want to make a difference and, you know, pie in the sky, optimistic and thinking that they're going to come in with their education and their resources and experiences and, and really help the change. But you can't fight a broken system. And, and so I knew that I had to get out of that system in order to really create change because I could not do it within. Right. And that sounds like a lot about what you have done as well with Black Women Heal Day. So talk about that. How did that come about? And what is your goal for it? What do you want people to um, experience as a result of Black Women Heal? So it came about, initially, it was kind of a transition. When I started doing work, so my background is in social work and social programs. And um, when I started doing more work around sexual assault, after my book came out about my own journey, I began to do work around my city, around my state of Wisconsin. And I found that there were very few black women who were working in in sexual assault work. And as I began to do more national work, I saw the same thing. So I wanted to figure out a way, how can we collectively come together in some kind of way with our small numbers to have a big impact? And so I was just coming with these different ideas. I thought, I know, let me come up with this day where on this same day, people can do something. And it's not something that I have to control and manage myself, but each person can decide in their city, in their way, what they want to do and how they want to create a safe place for black women to gather. And so Mm -hmm. it's really about putting together, and you being a healer, I know you understand that when you have intentionality and when Mm -hmm. you have a whole bunch of people putting their intentions together, there is just a reverberation that happens in the universe. And so April 1st for Black Women's Hill Day is about that, creating this opportunity for us to join in our intentions for ourselves, for our girls, for our families, for our communities. Because when a Black woman heals, a whole community gets better. And so Black Women's Hill Day is really about, one, raising the awareness of how much sexual abuse, sexual assault has assaulted the Black woman and the Black family. And then, two, is looking at ways that we can do prevention work. You know, what are some things that we can create for us, by us, to help us heal? And then three is really to encourage each individual woman who participates to go on her own healing journey. So if I say, if I host an event for Black Woman Heal Day, and it can be anything. It could be just coming over to my house in my living room. We get together, we talk, or you know, there's simply schools that have hosted things at a church and larger community, poet nights, you know, what have you. But when I come to something like that, and maybe for the first time I see other women in that space and I realize that the pain that I've been enduring is not mine alone, that my story, you know, mm-hmm. other women understand it, then my hope is that you take April 1st and you catapult that in your life that you'll go from there to find other spaces, continued spaces like many women have. You know, they met that one time and then they continue to meet throughout the year. Or that maybe you realize that maybe this is the time for you to go get some therapy and find some kind of way that you can begin to heal your life. And so I hope that the day is just the spark and the catapult 
towards continuing healing in our lives and in our families and in our communities. Wonderful. So the date is April 1st. And why April 1st? Because of course, most of us think of April 1st, unfortunately, is April Fool's Day. So why April 1st? <laughs> well, Sexual Start Awareness Month is the month of April. Okay. And I was trying to think of a catchy day to do it so that it would, you know, people would remember it. And I said, you know what? Black women are always last on everybody's agenda. Let's take over this first day. I want this very first day of sexual assault to be about us. And so that's why I picked April 1st. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And so, uh, so you, you just, you said a lot. I mean, one of the things of course, and, and, and we say it is, is, uh, you know, heal a woman, heal a nation. And, yeah. um, and so you're absolutely right. When we come together as a collective, um, as a community, the power in that and, and really sparking healing just from having the conversations and the experience and yes. so how long now have um how long has a uh, black woman heal day been in place and what are some of the success stories so it's been in place since april 1st 2015 and you know when we kicked off our first year, I was intending it just to be a national thing and eventually make it an international. But I think one of the best success things is that we've had women in about 15 different countries join us. Wow. And that's been really amazing because I have such a heart for the African diaspora and the understanding of our blackness everywhere. And I think um, some of the other success stories have been, you know, creating spaces for our girls as well. So as the days, as the years have progressed, each year I've been doing much more around gathering our black girls. And so here in my city, the first year we had one event. Um, last year we had about 10 separate events going on for black women and for black girls around self-defense, um, looking at the documentary No, having a creative time and space for girl, black girls to talk, having a dessert for them. Um, I've had like this one lady, she started one out in Hawaii and she had just moved out there and she started an event and then these women have become her friends and they gather all throughout the year and provide support and comfort to each other. You know, I have a sister out in Boston who every day she gets over at a coffee house and they do these beautiful things, you know, surrounding coffee, have door prizes and she's been, I think this is her third year coming in. And so many women have just expressed to me that this has helped them on their personal healing journey. And then the, and the reach continues to grow. So we're trying to keep up with technology. So we are doing much more with Facebook Live. I don't think there was Facebook Live when we first started it. And so we're going to have somebody every hour on the hour who is going to be doing a broadcast on Facebook Live. And we hope to get to other social media outlets as well. But I've just seen women, I think the biggest success that I've seen, even though we had these wonderful events, has been the individual women who, for the first time, will share publicly each year that they are survivors. So one of our symbols is wearing the white flower in our hair. And I got that from Billie Holiday, who, mm -hmm. you know, um, is a survivor herself of horrific childhood sexual assault. And I got that for that, honoring her. And, but also for honoring the fact that we want, as black women, we want our femininity because I just feel like our femininity has been stripped away from us so much. 
for bringing that back. And so I encourage women to post pictures of themselves with a white flower in their hair. And every year I'm so touched and blessed by that, by seeing these women who are sharing their story. They're coming out of their shadows and out of their secrets. And I think that is the best thing that happens every single year. Wow. that That's beautiful. Out of their shadows and out of their secrets, because we all know that secrets hurt. Secrets keep you stuck. Yes. Secrets are so detrimental to the healing process. Yes. So if nothing more, if the secrets come to light, you know, that in and of itself is healing. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. Because, you know, after a while, you know, I I talk about with my own journey with secrets. You know, when it was a secret, then that meant I was trapped in the darkness with me and my stepfather. You know, and when I began to tell my story, I broke out. I was no longer bound to him by that savory secret. And so when I start telling my story, light start coming in. And sometimes I really think holding of the secret of something that has happened to you actually becomes more damaging than what it was that happened in the first place. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, it, it's almost like the secret is as a, as a constant re-injury. Yes. And, you know, the secret is really that, you know, I'm so ashamed that I have to keep this a secret. Yes. So you're, you're absolutely right. So I, I love that. If nothing less, you know, just being able to share in a safe space, of course, because I definitely don't want anybody to take away, well, let me go on Facebook Live and share everything and I'm not ready, you know, really being able to do it in a safe space, um, as you said. So, you know, anybody listening to this, so let me ask you this. So obviously this is Black Woman Heal Day. Is it only Black women uh, should, should do events or things or can anybody participate? How does that work? And, and what are some of the things that people can do to participate? Okay, so this is my favorite saying, those who know me. Black Woman Hill Day is blickety black, 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 black. <laughs> and, <laughs> black, black, black. And I think it's important for it to be black because almost every other group can gather and people won't bother them and, and, and even encourage it. But it's something about black people still gathering. I think there's a lot of that old history around white folks being afraid when black folks got together and we were going to run away. Or, or overtake them or something. So there's still this suspiciousness about black space. So I think it's important because I don't want to be worrying about somebody feeling like they can't say what they need to say because how someone else may take it. So it's important for it to happen because I find this is sacred space. And there's other times and places that we can gather with all kinds of women or what have you to heal. But for Black Women Heal, there's really about that sacred space. So that it's about black women creating this space, both for black women and also for black girls. So this year, our theme is defending black girlhood. And I am recruiting 100 black women throughout the African diaspora to host some space for black girls, whether it be two girls or 200. And Mm -hmm. really creating space for our girls who are struggling, they're struggling, and they don't have the resources even that black women have towards healing. And so whether you're hosting something for girls or you're hosting something for women, 
you know, some of the ideas are like in your living room, just getting in there and having that safe space. I had an opportunity to talk with Miss Nikki Giovanni about Black Woman Hill Day. And one of the things she suggested is that we have like these potlucks come together mm-hmm. around food. So maybe mm-hmm. having a potluck. Because you know we love to eat. Heating, yes, eating we do. Hill is old. You know, yes, I'm going to call it heating. That's heating. <laughs> you know, eating and healing. <laughs> you know, you might, go out to a coffee. <laughs> you might go out to a coffee shop or a library, you know, where you can have some safe space or a church. Any place where you feel like you can gather and you won't be disrupted and you can just do what you need to do. And I have a book that's called Seven Healing Conversations that people can download and they can hit me up at blackwomanheal at gmail.com in order to get it. And it's just um, healing conversations that if people want to gather, but they think I've never done anything like this, so I don't know what to do. There's seven topics based on some of the healing words that black women have given me throughout the diaspora that they can use. But, and you know, I think just keeping it simple, too. I mean, you can do something grandiose, but the sacredness and the, and, the, and the healing and the magic comes from having that safe place to gather and having ways that women can share. I've had women do some art gatherings where they've done art projects, which has been fantastic, poetry readings. One thing that we're encouraging folks to do is doing live streams. So I'm looking for women who maybe on a topic want to share or maybe they want to share even just their healing story. So the one thing we're encouraging this year also is when I was a black girl and then telling your story. And I've been doing this in some spaces with black women and it's been really, really powerful, you know, and then even, you know, go to a wine shop, you know, they got a little private room, do that, you know, mm-hmm. do whatever is comfortable. You know, you could do a journaling thing, you know, whatever is comfortable but really helps women heal. And the biggest point is being able to create space where people can have voice. Yes. Wow. Yes. I love it. Love it. So you can go as big or small as you like, as long as you do something in honor of Black Women Heal Day. And um, I think that is so, so, so powerful. And um, I'm assuming, do you have a hashtag that people can use? Yeah. So the hashtag we have two this year, our constant hashtag is Black Woman Heal. And it's woman. Black Woman Hill, and then the other one that we're using for this year is Defending Black Girlhood. So hashtag so are- Black Woman Hill, woman with an mm-hmm. A, and yes. hashtag Defending, you said Black, say that again? Defending Black Girlhood. Defending Black Girlhood. Got yes. it. Wonderful. So if people decide, um, women decide that they definitely absolutely want to participate. Um, so you said, so what was your, um, your email address again, where they can contact you and how else can they contact you to get more information? Sure. So they can contact me via my email, blackwomanheals at gmail.com. And they can find me on Facebook. My, um, I'm at Lalada, L-I-L-A-D-A. And I'm the only Lalita G-E-E in the world. <laughs> so I'm pretty easy to find on Facebook and they can send me a direct message there and um, they can find also the Black Woman Heal page on Facebook and that's pretty easy to find as well. Awesome. Any any closing thoughts? Anything else that you want to share with our listeners that you want to make sure that they absolutely 
got that they they really take away from this time we spent together? Absolutely. I want to just zoom back in on our girls. So I'm I'm in the spaces with black girls um, every week, about 100 black girls. And the stories that they're sharing and the pains that they're are, are holding, they need us as black women to defend their black girlhood. And because so many of us black women feel so vulnerable, we feel uncovered and unprotected, can you imagine how our girls feel? And so I really want to encourage black women who have daughters, granddaughters, nieces to find some space for them to gather um, for Black Women Heal Day this year for these girls to talk. And I will have some discussion starters that they can use or just even having, you know, the simple thing is just having a girl start talking. And because Black Women Heal Day falls on Easter Sunday this year, we're also observing on, on March the 31st, because I know okay. we're going to be in church and have okay. that flag, chicken dinner afterwards. So <laughs> April, March 31st and April 1st, we're observing, observing both days and encouraging okay. folks to hold these um, healing spaces for our girls in particular. Got it. And you're absolutely right. That's that's so important because you're right. I mean, when we're talking about the healing process, it's hard enough as an adult. Yeah. And I only work with adults. I, I don't work with children, not anymore. But it's hard enough as an adult. So imagine how a child has to process, you know, what right. they've experienced and what they've been through, how they make sense of it and how they're really able to move forward and heal. Absolutely, especially if they are being raised by a mother who is either unwilling or unable to heal right now in her life. How do we help give our girls tools? Because at this point, we have to start moving into the spirit of community motherhood Mm. and and, and be that defender for our girls and they're all our babies. Absolutely. You're right. And that's how it used to be. And and so it really, I love this, you know, this concept because really it is getting back to community. It's getting back to the things that we always did that we're starting to really kind of lose. Yes, absolutely. And we have to reclaim it. You know, I think that's one of our problems um, as a whole, as black people, is that we have lost the core of our souls and we got to get back to Mother Africa to remember that it wasn't the I, but it was the we. And when we get back into our spirituality, get reconnected with our God and get reconnected with our community, with that love and me wanting you to be as good as me and do as well as I am doing, we will see some healing throughout the black community. Absolutely. The black woman. Absolutely. Yes. That, that is, that is the absolute truth. And it's, it's who we are. It's our culture. It is, you know, it's in our DNA. And um, yes. so when we don't have it, that in and of itself is a loss. And, and no matter where you are in your life, no matter how great you're doing, no matter how successful you are, you know, I, I truly do believe that for us, for Black individuals coming from this very collective communal environment, when we don't have that community, we literally are missing a part of ourselves. Absolutely. So thank you so much for, you know, not just encouraging Black women to heal, but really encouraging us to reclaim our culture, our community, our, you know, our love for each other, our our ability to support and take care of one another. And I really hope that you all listening will find a way to participate 
and Black Women Heal Day on either March 31st or April 1st, please contact Laleda. Uh, you can go to Black Women Heal on Facebook. You can contact her, blackwomanheal at gmail.com and participate in whichever way that you can, even if it's just sharing this podcast and making sure people hear it, finding a way to inspire and motivate them to do something as well. Even that is enough. Thank you so much, Lelita, for being here. I really appreciate you. And thank you all for listening. i see you again next week. Until then, wishing you peace, love, and bountiful blessings. Are you in need of spiritual guidance? Need clarity and direction in your life? Maybe a tarot reading from the sensual sage is exactly what you need. If you'd like to get a reading, go to her website at thesageseries.com and see the various reading services that you can receive from the sensual sage. And if you mention Ava Laura, when you're booking your reading, she will do a complimentary single card reading just for you. Again, go to thesageseries.com and get your tarot reading today. Hey, beautiful. Thank you for listening to another edition of Ava Laura Heal My Life podcast. Join me each and every week to move from whole to wholeness in your life, your relationships, your business, and your career. And if now is the time for you to embrace all that you are for your most incredible life, go ahead and email me today at avalora at avalora.com for your own personal consultation. And while you're at it, I'm Googleicious, so you can find more information about me online. Go to my website at avalora.com and join my mailing list.